Hi everyone, it's Karen Pollard here and my co-host Joey Deganji from The Teal Podcast, which is all about finding the resources you need to effectively manage food allergies without missing out on life's best moments. Hey everybody, welcome to episode three of The Teal Podcast. We're very excited. Today we have on our first official guest to the to the show, Jane, who's coming from MedPack. My my name, of course, is Joey. I'm here with co-host uh, Karen. Hi. We're very excited to have you on today, Jane. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. So we know that uh, you know you're certainly someone that's been impacted by food allergies in your your personal life, and that you're involved uh, professionally. So today it's going to be really great we, you know, to hear your stories and hear a little bit more about your company. Um, so tell us, tell us about MedPack. So I started MedPack um, in 2011 and initially mm-hmm. the inspiration for um, MedPack, which is purely a bag for people to carry their own medication in with photo ID. That's the key part of it is that mm-hmm. it comes with photo identification. But the inspiration behind it was actually my daughter who um, was diagnosed with epilepsy at the age of four. And mm. when, when she was at home with me, we could cope with carrying life-saving medication around, but suddenly she started school and everything changed. Um, mm. School needed medication. Um, I needed medication wherever I was. My husband, it all had to be labeled. Um, and basically I was carrying it around in an old makeup bag. And I thought, I'm sure mm. there is better way to do this Um, so I started to research a potential market for a product and Mm -hmm. through that research the allergy market was obviously very prevalent I myself suffered anaphylaxis so I knew about EpiPens and um, how critical it was to always have your EpiPen with you Um, I knew friends who had um, asthma, diabetes, and suddenly the world of carrying prescription medication opened up. Mm. And um, that, that's how MedPack came about. Um, the, the key thing is the photo identification. So right. whoever gets hold of this bright orange bag, they know who the medication is for. And inside is um, an opportunity to write instructions of what you've actually got to do with the medication. Um, as allergy parents and allergy sufferers, we're, we're aware of what to do with an EpiPen or an asthma inhaler, but for a teacher or um, someone working in a nursery or even someone on the street who might stop to help someone, having that information and knowing it's the right person's medication was quite key to me. That's really important. Mm. Um, and what's very interesting, what you picked up on there, Jane, is as parents, you know, but when you're entrusting your child to another adult, mm-hmm. it's ensuring that they have the, the best information to hand. Um, because at school, at what age do children start carrying their own medication around? Um, um, I, I think it depends on the, the type of medication and what mm-hmm. it's for. I think it's mm. definitely younger in my experience for asthma inhalers. Yeah. But for mm. EpiPens, which as we know, contain mm. a nickel, they're not so keen in primary schools to let children wander around. So they, they tend right. to be um, kept with the, the teacher. It all changes at 11 when you go to secondary school and mm. it's very much down to the individual. 
Okay. Therefore, then them having their friends having knowledge that they have medication and where it is and what to yeah. do with them. Yeah. Um, so, and I think, and whether you're a toddler, you're at primary school, senior school, or any phase of your life, if you work in an office and you have diabetes, it's probably really good that your colleague knows about it and could help you in an emergency. Yeah. And, and so whatever stage of life you're at, um, an elderly relative, for example, going into respite care, there's so many reasons where you may need help mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. circumstances. So, yeah. My, uh, my, my experience um, in, in Taiwan was just like you described. I mean, my life was, was saved because my colleagues knew exactly what to do during a crisis and because we had the chance to talk about it ahead of time. So I think you touch on something really, mm-hmm. you know, really important, being able to get that information across and make sure that you, uh, you know, when you're with people that you know that you inform them and having that means of communication when uh, you're, you're not surrounded by people that are familiar with your condition already. So I think that's really, really important. Correct. Yeah. Especially when you're incapacitated and you, you can't yeah. physically be responsible for administering that life-saving <laughs> med- medication at that point in time. Mm. Yeah. But I think at the same time, we have to be aware that people that aren't used to doing that, that's quite a frightening moment yeah. to, administering oh, sure, yeah. someone else's leg i've had work colleagues do it to me who have sobered up very quickly after administering <laughs> so mm. it's, it's an enormous responsibility for someone else isn't it to do it it is I think. Yeah. yeah 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 definitely so I, I was going to ask the one question i have is why orange what's the <laughs> yes. whole meaning behind that the, the color because we know MedPak is orange, but why? <laughs> why? Okay, well, initially I was determined it wasn't going to look like a first aid kit. So that ruled out green mm-hmm. or even red. And um, I didn't want it to be um, anything affiliated to male or female. So I wanted to avoid pinks and blues. Mm-hmm. Also, it needed to be bright to find in an emergency in the bottom mm-hmm. of a sports mm-hmm. bag or kit bag or school bag. Mm-hmm. And then I'm half Dutch. So orange seems the obvious choice. Yes. <laughs> Medpack was born in orange and I can't imagine it any other colour now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And funny yeah. actually, once you start seeing one med pack, you start to recognise different med packs wherever you go. So there's a sea of orange yes. out there. <laughs> but it works, it works. Yes, yes definitely, yes. definitely. And we find as well that with a lot of the groups that we deal with on social media, the amount of parents that recommend the orange med pack bags mm. for their school children. So I think schools are very in tune to the orange bags and I know that. And schools themselves buy them. I mean, that was a bit of a shock to me. When I first launched at the education show um, in 2012, I launched at the Ed Show. Um, the first head teacher that came on my stand, um, I initially thought I'd be talking to head teachers or any teachers and they would then go back and tell parents about the product and this head teacher walked onto the stand and said oh they're brilliant I'll have 30 mm-hmm. and my business plan kind of changed on the spot and so schools mm. use them as a resource um, in school for storing mm. on residentials um, on school transport so many situations um, it helps their staff it helps their um, if they have a if a teacher's off sick and they have a supply teacher, suddenly the supply teacher at least has a photo to know which Harry this asthma inhaler mm. um, belongs to. Mm. 
and so um, schools came on board really early on. Okay. I mean, currently mm. schools are having a tough time yeah. in COVID times. Right. And, um, they have many other things as always to deal with, but yeah. schools um, are a big part of the med pack strategy yeah. yes absolutely mm. and and what you've just mentioned there the big c word covid yeah. <laughs> um yes. what what has your experience been and uh, what you've witnessed or both professionally and personally um mm. and also with the schools as well i mean i think it's as we all know it's been a tough year um mm. for medpack as a product it's been doubly tough we, we mainly sell to people because they're traveling or to schools. So right. those two markets have been greatly affected. Mm -hmm. um, also, people aren't as mobile as they were because they're working from home um, and, so, and mm -hmm. school residential trips are canceled. So it's had an impact on the product um, in these times. Mm -hmm. However, it, it won't last forever. There is hope and um, mm -hmm just really busy now planning for 2021 and beyond um, and making sure when people are ready to start traveling again or spending more time um, with activities at school, we're, we're ready for them really. And we've got the products that they want that helps them get through their everyday life, which is the whole ethos of it because I wanted a product that was very usable, very affordable and um, that, that remains the same really. Mm. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Mm. Now, one of the things I really love about the design of MedPack is if you look inside them, they're insulated. Yeah. I think that's such a really great innovation. Tell us about why that's so important. Um, to start with, they weren't. <laughs> when I first launched, they weren't. Okay. But okay. Feedback from consumers. Um, mm -hmm. Not, I mean, some medication does need to be kept at fridge temperature and we, we have a reusable gel pack you can use with them to achieve that. But there are mm. other medications, for example, like the EpiPen, they don't need to be kept at fridge temperature, but they mustn't get too warm and they mustn't get too cold. Mm. So we sell an awful right. lot of med packs to people going skiing, for example, because mm. your okay. EpiPen can't freeze, but you do right. need it on the slopes. So the insulation was um, a product um, development really um within about a year of launching we um launched the insulated version and now apart from one small med pack the rest of the range is all insulated now because that's what demand sort of dictated right um, and it also makes it slightly sturdier which i think is a good thing for protecting what's inside it yeah i i personally carry the med pack active bag if i'm ever out i so, I, so during during the winter i stay in a lot <laughs> but during the summer, if I'm going out, if I'm going for a hike or if I'm at the beach, I mm. will always bring it with me for exactly like you just explained, you know, being able to keep it insulated because before that I was, you know, putting it in a backpack, trying to cover it with like a t-shirt or something like that. Just anything I could think of just to keep it at that, at that safe temperature. And yeah. for anyone listening at home, uh, that is, I'm checking my Celsius here. That is 20 to 25 degrees Celsius. And for anyone in the US, that's 68 to 77 degrees Fahrenheit that, for EpiPen. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's, yeah. that's the mistake that um, we hear a lot of people end up doing is leaving their medication, their adrenaline pens, mm. in cars, especially in the hot weather. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or the other storing their auto injectors in the fridge, which both yeah. um, impact on the performance of the serum and can corrupt the serum. So those yeah. are very, very key, keeping it at that that constant mm. temperature. So you've essentially solved a problem there, a, a very practical problem that's actually going to be the difference between saving somebody's life or not. Yeah. I mean, it's pointless carrying all these very expensive medications as well, aren't they? Yeah. Um, if they're degrading the minute we take them out of the right conditions. So, um, and you're, you're right, it's often the difference between saving a life or not as to yeah. how effective they are, isn't it? Without meaning yeah. that too dramatic, <laughs> but that's the reality, isn't it? So, and it's the same yeah, with some medication and diabetic medication. So across mm -hmm. many, many different spectrums, really. So I really like um, the cool pack for the diabetic. Um, if you have medication, it needs to be kept at a, a cooler temperature than room temperature. Mm -hmm. I think that's great. I like also the fact that they have the different sizes. So depending if you need you know, the, just the auto injectors or auto injectors plus inhaler, plus Benadryl, any of these different things that you might carry with you. I think that's really, really useful as well. So it's very versatile. Yeah. 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 The, the range has evolved as we've listened to consumers, whether it's in school, mm -hmm. individuals. Um, I'm now working on the Maxi Med Pack, which is, I mean, I've had people literally say they want something on wheels. They have that much medication. Oh. I haven't gone quite that oh. far. There is product development mm. on the way for a larger bag so um that's oh. kind of an over the shoulder bag yeah so exciting um, listening to feedback it's harder in these times mm. when you're not at exhibitions and mm. talking to customers mm -hmm. in quite the same way but um based on feedback that's uh what we're working on at the moment so yeah. that's, and that's, that's i think that's important is the agility and being in tune to what your customers' needs are, um, that you you are constantly evolving with their needs and being relevant to support them. Um, yeah. And and the, I suppose that for you at the moment is a is an important part of your process is constantly looking at how you can better support um, the MedPack customers and consumers. Hmm. I mean, that's kind of the benefit of having it. I mean, this is a very small family run business. Um, although I try and, you know, it is a brand, it, it's predominantly me running Medpack most of the time alone. I've got one colleague mm. that helps me. And so by being that close to the consumer, you can get the feedback and actually act on it. Um, sometimes the larger you get, um, and, and I've got another business a lot larger than this, but the larger your business gets, you can sometimes lose touch with your um, end user. And that's a real shame because right. especially with a product like this, which I feel so passionate about that it's absolutely got to work for the consumer or else it's not worth having, is it? So yeah. I, right. I personally respond to any feedback I get from people, both positive and sometimes negative feedback. You know, that's the reality of running a business. You do sometimes get some negative feedback, but you have to respond and take on board what's being said to, to improve and move forward. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, very, very well put. And I know definitely right now, like you, like you said, it's hard to, to really stay in touch and community is such a big part of everything that, you know, we all try to do uh, as we, as we build out the solutions that we have, mm -hmm. how, how have you been like 
getting through these times? Like, how are you finding new ways to innovate and stay connected with your with your audience? Well, that's the challenge of being someone with a marketing yeah. degree before the internet was invented. <laughs> um, and suddenly we're in a very digital world and um, that, that's probably the biggest challenge. That really, you've got to embrace digital technology in the 21st century. I was aware of that even before yeah. COVID, but that's made it even more um, defined as a, as a business strategy now. Mm. And... Um, yeah, trying to catch up with some of the basics, which probably you guys just are second nature with. I'm, <laughs> that's my challenge right now. <laughs> I think it's. Yeah. I think digital has been a massive learning curve for everybody this year. And yeah. I think you. There, it's interesting dynamics because you have different generations and digital laggers, but COVID has actually forced us to be better digital consumers, and we we've picked things up a lot quicker than what we thought we would, probably because we didn't think we needed those things before. Yeah. Um, but like what you've picked up on, Jane, it's how you manage the expectation of Jane the consumer versus how Jane the business owner is going to try and marry and let those uh, support each other. Yeah. I mean, my husband would reassure you that I'm a very good online shopper. <laughs> make, make no doubt about it. He would be like, oh yeah, she's great at buying online. But um, yeah, no, it's learning. It's not so much having the website, you know, that's all basic stuff for the business. It's, it's promoting your business to the audience that needs to know about you. It's yeah. the challenge we yeah. all face, whatever we do. But unless you're feeling successful in embracing digital, that, that sounds more of a challenge. Mm. I like to go and meet yeah. people and talk to people. That doesn't happen anymore. So, but here, here I am mm. doing a podcast. Yes. And there you hey, go, yeah. step in the right direction. <laughs> Very <Yes>. impressive. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So thank now, you guys. <laughs> of course, of course. And so shifting gears a little bit now. Yeah, Jane, we, we're also really interested to hear how you've been personally impacted by food allergies because we know that that's, that's something that you have, um, you have experience with as well. I think, Karen, earlier you were talking, you had, a, you had a great question to kind of start that conversation. Yeah. Well, I think what's interesting, Jane, is your family um, dynamics. Um, there's various, you're not just an allergy family. Uh, there are yeah. other challenges that you face as, as a family. Do you want to tell us a bit more about that and then how you manage that both as an individual and as a parent? Yeah. I mean, I think it's fair to say all families have challenges, <laughs> don't they? Of various yeah. things. Yeah. Obviously, um, in, in our particular situation, my daughter has got epilepsy. She grew out of it. It, it came back with adolescence. So um, she's now a teenager mm. with epilepsy. My um, husband is a celiac um, mm -hmm. and quite um, a severe celiac where he can't even tolerate gluten-free oats. So we wow. are very careful with what we eat. Yeah. And um, I myself have a really bizarre anaphylaxis history of developing anaphylaxis in my late teens, never discovering the cause of it, but being hospitalized probably three times mm. a year. Right. Um, leaving university balls in an ambulance and just hideous situations. Gosh. And then it magically went away when I had my first pregnancy. Hmm. And, um, 
I didn't suffer anaphylaxis for 20 years. And mm. then last year, it came back again. Oh. Um, so I'm thinking there's some sort of hormonal link, I'm sure, but I don't know what that is. But meanwhile, um, I'm currently um, allergic to walnuts. So that's my okay. one allergy that I know the cause of. Yeah. And um, I think I'm quite lucky in a way because it's one of the easier nuts to avoid um, mm. in reality. Mm compared with some nuts which are used as a base for lots of things walnuts isn't one of those so um yeah so as a family we, we're dealing with all these things um as many families are and i talk to lots of families who have multiple allergies um and and many other medical conditions to deal with so i know we're very lucky uh, and we are lucky so i yeah. i don't like to dwell on it too much because compared no. with many families we are yeah lucky uh, yeah mm -hmm. and i think it's what's really yeah. inspiring is how you've created a solution for families like yourself mm -hmm. uh through medpack to mm -hmm. very yeah. practical challenges that people face and i think that's that's phenomenal and that that really deserves merit and credit where credit is due um, really fine. Thank you. I mean, it's just a practical solution. I feel that there's so many scientists and medics working on allergy and, hmm. and these other conditions all the time. And hmm. that's amazing. Yeah. But meanwhile, people have to live with it and anything that can help um, along the way, even simple things like an orange bag, um, yes. it all helps. Yeah. And I think it's the if the school has a good process in place, that is a very reassuring thing for a parent whether mm. your child has an allergy asthma diabetes epilepsy anything um mm -hmm. i think if you've got the reassurance that your school is handling it as well as they can mm. um, you can walk away knowing your child is as safe as they can be in that school environment and that's i think really important for parents yeah really absolutely yeah. yeah yeah i think you touched on something really really important there that i'm sure a lot of people listening would want to know you know how in your experience how do you prepare you know mm -hmm. whether it's your colleagues whether it's uh you know teachers at your your child's school like what are some of the how how do how the better conversations you've had in those scenarios go and like what advice could you offer someone listening yeah um i think schools um and i'm sure this is the same wherever you are in the world, they have a lot to deal with, apart from educating our children. Um, they they yeah. have to offer so much. Um, I've, I've spoken to teachers, I've had children with really rare conditions where if you don't administer this certain drug in 30 seconds, the child is. Mm. So I think anything, any conversations um, with teachers and knowing that there's an awareness there. Um, we've been yeah. really lucky with our schools. Because um, a they're either a really small local school or they've got really good practices in place with the schools mm. we've chosen over the years, um, and there's great training resources available um, mm. not only to parents but to teachers through all the various websites offered by the Anaphylaxis Campaign, Asthma UK, epilepsy organisations, etc. Mm. Um, but that, you know, it's having the time for teachers to spend on all these trainings. That is yeah. the um, right. that is the challenge for teachers, I think. That, yeah. And also, luckily, because they're not having to use 
those things every day. Luckily, they're not having to use an EpiPen every day. Mm -hmm. They then need right. fresh courses because yeah. it's not an everyday occurrence. So yeah. um, I think that, you know, they have their first aid training in school and they have many other training now. Mm. Um, and we're very lucky now with the, in the palm of our hands, we have the access to so many things. So in an emergency, you know, you can easily look up information if you need to, how to administer an EpiPen, mm -hmm. what to do in the mm -hmm. case of an asthma attack, etc. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but I think the biggest thing is the communication between the parent and the school mm -hmm. and back again. Mm -hmm. And it's not a one-way conversation. It's definitely right. um, a two-way, at least two-way conversation yeah. because then there are other departments in the school, such as governors, teachers mm -hmm. um dinner ladies you kind of need everyone on board and um, to be part of it um yeah. and having the school knowing they've got a good protocol in place is is what reassures us really isn't it yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah no absolutely that's fantastic yeah. advice yes yeah. definitely definitely and and i think that process needs to start even before your child goes to that school you know, the term leading right. up to them starting. I don't think on the first day of term you can bombard the school with all that information. No. That they need to have known beforehand. Mm. Yes. Um, I've also spoken to teachers who've had children in their class that have had a seizure and the parents hadn't even told them they'd got epilepsy. Right. So, you know, right. there's challenges always. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's a partnership between the, the parents who are giving mm. over the responsibility and duty of care of their children during those hours mm. to ensure that when they're away from home that they are looked after as well as what they would be at home yeah and i think at the same time being mindful of the workload of teachers yes mm. and and not saying that that isn't important of course it's so important but yes. to be aware they are going to have other things to deal with every day yeah. Yeah. Um, right. So finding the right time to talk to them about it. Maybe yeah. not at the in the morning drop-off zone when it's absolute chaos. Yeah. yeah. It's right. Right. Time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's interesting that you've you've mentioned that, Jane, because we're actually going through the school's admission process ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, so we're starting primary school in 2021, and at the moment, because of COVID, all mm -hmm. the school visits, the open days are either mm. virtual or you can view a video online. Um, but to ensure, as an allergy family from our point of view, mm. what we've been doing is trying to assess and qualify that information right from the outset. So we're managing our own expectations and the expectations of the schools by yeah. having that conversations and asking questions about their, um, their processes and their systems and their abilities to manage our own uh, personal situation um, and then the plan is once we have settled and agreed uh, with the school um, is to have one-to-one -one, uh, conversations about our uh, individual healthcare plan mm -hmm. uh, mm. so that plan is set up right before like you said that term before so there's no surprises yeah. and everybody's prepared for day one because that settling in period is, <laughs> that's a whole different uh, yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
yeah. and to make sure that you keep the school updated with any changes because mm. children grow out of certain allergies mm. and, and then suddenly mm. they've been avoiding certain things with your child for four years and they grow out of that allergy and the parent failed to tell them maybe and things like that so I think it is keeping yeah. those plans up to date yeah. regular reviews yes mm. yeah. Yes, so that's that's very important. That's key. Um, good luck with that process. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, nobody yeah. said it was easy, did they? <laughs> but I think no, those, those no. are important first steps to yeah. ensure that the adults responsible, both at home and at school, work mm -hmm. together to yeah. give that child the best possible care within that wider setting. Yeah. 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 Um, so there's a little game that we like to play with our guests yes. I'm nervous now. <laughs> based on the memes that you find on the internet yeah. um, so one of the things that we would like to throw out as a question and we'll give you a few seconds to answer very tongue-in-cheek um, that just brings a bit of humor into it so you know you're an allergy mum or you know you live with allergies if dot 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 <laughs> okay all right um well i think when you're an ingredient hawk okay. you, mm. even if you buy that thing every week you still have <laughs> it because they change and um yeah yeah, yeah. and even things as I, I mentioned earlier things labeled as um gluten-free Still might not be suitable for my husband in his case. Um, so yes, I think, and it makes shopping far more time consuming, mm. but it's better than being ill, mm. <laughs> isn't yes. it? Oh yeah, of course. And even of with course. online shopping, it means sometimes you end up with things that you then can't use that you give away because mm. right. it's better to be safe. So, yes, yeah. I like that, the ingredient <laughs> talk. That's great. But it's true, yes. it that happens with us as well. Oh, 100%. And even yeah. when you get home, and every time you actually use that product, you still yeah. check in the ingredient, yeah. even yeah, if you've been using that for years. So yes, that is, that is actually very true. Yeah. Is there anything that we haven't discussed that is burning on you that you think would be good to highlight? Mm. I don't think so. I think we've covered most things, haven't we? Um, yeah. Okay. No, I mean, I just urge people to maybe go and have a look at the MedPack website, have a look at the products, see if there's anything that could help them in their everyday life. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, or email me, and I'd love to hear any comments people have got on the products or any experience they've had with the products. Okay. So for any of our listeners, what is the URL to your website? Where can they find you if they type in? Uh, yeah, www.medpack.co.uk, um, that's M-E-D-P-A-C, um, that will get you to um, have a look at the range and um, feedback from other customers and schools, have a look and see what you see and email me, jane at medpack.co.uk, I'd love to hear from you. Brilliant. Excellent, excellent and we'll be sure to put all, all of your contact and website information on our show notes and for anyone that's looking at this episode um you'll find the link in the description so a lot of ways to, to learn more about jane and medpack so thank you thank so you much so again much. for coming on oh it's been a pleasure lovely to talk to you both thank you for having me thank you yeah, so absolutely. much jane. yes Bye.
great conversation. Thank you. And we look forward to catching up soon. Okay, brilliant. Thank right. you. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye.